Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Give him a knuckle bump, fist bump, pat on the back, kiss on the cheek, if it's appropriate, but only if it's appropriate. And then you can find your seats if you would. Well, thank you so much for being here. Isn't that, wasn't that great? Was that, was, am I the only one that thought that was great? Uh, I hope you thought it was great because I thought it was great, and I think God thought it was great. So, um, well, thank you for being here. My name is Pastor Adam Harold, and uh, my wonderful wife, Tanya, and I had the privilege of leading this church we call The Refuge together. We do it together as a team. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, um, we just invite you to go to, there we go, uh, refugemain.church slash connect. We want to connect with you. Um, and, and also, especially since we're in 21 days of prayer, um, I want to invite you to go to refugemain.church slash prayer. And um, if you have any prayer requests, we would love to uh, give those requests to our team. Um, our team and myself are the only ones that see those. We don't uh, broadcast them anywhere or anything like that. Uh, but we will be praying for you and for whatever request that you have. And um, it's just a, it's, it's an incredible, incredible privilege that we get to go before the throne of grace. And um, it's just absolutely, absolutely incredible. So um, God's given us a new building. Uh, come on, somebody. Let's hear it. Let me hear it for that. Listen, we've been in here a month, and it's still new, all right? Uh, we're going to ride this new building tidal wave for as long as we can because we were setting up. Listen to me. Tanya said to me this morning, she goes, Adam, aren't you happy? And I said, well, of course I'm happy. She goes, but aren't you happy that we're not unloading a trailer this morning? Holy cow. And uh, you know what I said to her? Yeah, but we did it. <laughs> we did it, and, and it, was, it was this cold. I said, it's not the coldest Sunday on record, right? So, so we did it when it was this cold, and, uh, and, and we did it. So we, our church uh, will be five years old. Uh, the first week of March, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's been an incredible, incredible journey, but we've, um, we, we were meeting in the high school for, for five years, and um, during the pandemic, <laughs> we signed a lease, <laughs> you know, because I believe that God's called the church to do some, make some bold moves, and uh, that was a bold move. How many of you know that was a bold move? Some of you are like, that was a stupid move. <laughs> um, there's a fine line between boldness and stupidity. Come on, somebody. And so, um, we, so we signed a lease, and we're, we're in this building. Uh, we, we find, like, it, it, was a, it was a year and a half process uh, of getting in here. Uh, but we turned a, a tavern into a house of God. Come on, somebody, right? Someone said, someone said, you know what we call that? We call that a tabernacle in the church. So uh, that's Chris Street. I got to give him credit for that. That was, uh, that was brilliant, but I said I had to steal it. So um, any, any good preacher is, is a thief, just so you know that. Any good preacher is a thief. They, uh, they, they take from other people, but um, it's only what, what, they, what is allowed to them. So um, well, we've been, we're, we're in a series that we're calling The Things That Shape Us. The Things That Shape Us. And the fact of the matter is, is that we all have a worldview. If you are um, if you if you breathe, you have a mindset, you have a viewpoint, and and what I want to make sure that I communicate this morning is that um, the viewpoint that we're talking about is we're a Christian church, so we believe in the Christian worldview, 
And this is an attack on other worldviews. That's not what this series is at. Maybe someday we'll do an apologetics course or apologetics series, I mean, um, and, and, and we'll talk about how Christianity compares to other worldviews. But that's not what this series is about. This series is about the things that shape us in order to have a Christian worldview. And so we've been looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And, um, and, and the, the first week I did an intro, and we, we introduced Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Uh, the next week, uh, we, last week, we talked about the experiences that shape us. And we looked at the experience of the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 stinking years. And how many of you know that 40 years in the wilderness would shape you? Come on, somebody, right? Like, I'm 41 years old. I can't imagine being homeless my entire life. But that was the children of Israel. And that, that story is all throughout the book of Exodus and, and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And we talked about Deuteronomy last week. Well, if you missed any of those, those messages, you can go back to refugemain.church slash messages. And you can, you can listen to those. Uh, the ones during the pandemic, you can watch on video. Uh, and and just, just you, you're welcome to, to watch all of those. But also, if you want to follow along in your notes today, in our notes today, you can go to the Version Bible app. Um, the screen on, on my side will tell you how to get there. You download the Version Bible app. It's the number one most downloaded Bible um, in any app store. And you can go, just type in Bible, and it, it'll, it'll be one of the first uh, one or two uh, apps there. And then you can go into the events portion and and, um, and all of our notes will be there this morning. Um, so for this series, I'm, I'm looking at three things that shape the Christian worldview. Number one, it's experience. Like experience shapes all worldviews. Number two, today we're going to talk about how education set, um, shapes our worldview. And then, and then uh, next week we're going to talk about esteem and how esteem shapes our worldview. Esteem just simply means those that we look up to. And the people in our lives. And so, um, so uh, the, the Baptist in me is coming out. I got three points that all begin with E, right? Education, experience, and esteem, right? So today we're looking at, okay, no Baptist in the house. I get it. I get it. Our big idea for this entire series, the, the one thing that I want to communicate is that, and, and this goes across all three messages, God doesn't want you to conform. God wants you to transform. God doesn't want you to conform. He wants you to transform. To conform means to be like something else. It it requires something else. But transformation happens from within. And we talked about how how the original word there is the word, it's the word that we get the word metamorphosis from. It's like the the, the changing of a caterpillar into a butterfly. It's, It's within yourself to transform. Although it's not within ourselves, but it's in with, within God's word that transforms us. So we're getting this all out of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is good. The will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so today I want to focus on that phrase, uh, renewing your mind. You see, I think a lot of us would think that education renews our mind. That learning 
renews our mind, that, 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 um, that growing in knowledge renews our mind. And this is one thing that I want to make sure that I communicate very clearly this morning. And that is that the Bible is pro-education. The Bible is very pro-education. All the parents in the house know Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. And all the parents said, Amen. Some of your, some of your parents are still praying that in your life. That, you would, that, that you, they've trained you up in the way that you should go, and that the, the Bible promises us that, the, that we will not depart from it. But that training... That education. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, and for correction, and training in righteousness. So the Bible is very pro-education. And we should use the word of God in our lives to educate us and, and to, to allow us to learn but there is a key ingredient to education that must be present that I want to present to you today. And that brings me to today's big idea. Today's big idea is this. It's we experience, when we experience transformation, because remember, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. And when we achieve transformation, this is what happens. We understand that the Spirit renews our mind, not education or philosophy. When we're fully transformed, we understand that the spirit transforms our mind, not education or philosophy. Listen, I went to Bible college, and um, I, can, I can attest to you that even Bible education <laughs> doesn't transform us. Even, even studying God's word doesn't transform us unless it has the ingredient known as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does the educating in our mind, does the, the, the renewing of the mind, and that, that's what we're going to look at today. I think it's super easy for human beings to confuse education and philosophy with renewing our mind. We think that we, when we learn, we're renewing our mind. When we, when we grow, we're renewing our mind. And, and, and that is true. Education can renew our mind, except for when it comes to the things of the Spirit. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 14. Some context for the book of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul wrote most of, the, uh, most of the, the Bible, really, most of the New Testament. And um, he, was a, he, was a, he was a murderer, really, and he murdered Christians. He, he persecuted the church until one day he was traveling down a road called Damascus, go, going towards a city called Damascus. And as he was on the way to Damascus, the Holy Spirit, um, actually the Bible, many Bible scholars believe that it was actually Jesus himself appeared to him in the form of a bright light. And in that moment, Jesus appeared to him and Paul said, I'm, I'm done persecuting Christians. And in fact, 
the, the glory of, of Jesus blinded him, made him, made him blind. And so Paul changes his life, and he then goes on to start churches throughout the, all, all of the New Testament, and he wrote most of the Bible. Paul was a real man. I think, I think a lot of times we read God's word, and we don't, we, it, we don't really like, believe that, a, a man, that, that these stories really happened. That these aren't, these aren't theories, these aren't, these aren't thoughts. These are things that really happen to real people. And so the Apostle Paul had this relationship with this church called Corinth. Because it was in the city of Corinth. And as Paul was traveling from church to church, he got word that the church of Corinth had issues. And all God's people said amen, right? Because we all got issues. All churches have issues. If you're looking for a perfect church, listen, there's no such thing as a perfect church. Only a, only a, a, a church that is filled with, perf- with, with people that, that worship a perfect God and allows him to work in their lives. And hopefully, hopefully this morning you don't come looking for a perfect church. We're not, I'll tell you right now, we're not perfect. But we're seeking a God that is. And we'll seek him together. And as we seek him together, you know what we do? You know what he does? He perfects us together, united. We have to be united. If there's any such thing as a perfect church, it's a united church. I'll tell you that right now. Hello, America. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, verse 5 through 14. The Apostle Paul heard about the issues in Corinth. And so he writes them a letter. Listen, it's the only technology they had. He didn't have Zoom meetings. If, if the Apostle Paul were alive today, it would have been a big, giant Zoom meeting. And everybody would have sat there and said, couldn't this have been a letter? <laughs> right? 1 Corinthians 2, 5 says, so, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I could stop right there. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but that it would rest in the power of God. But we'll keep reading. Yet among the mature, we do not impart wisdom. Although it is not wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Paul's saying, I would say this no matter who was, who was in the room. No matter who's in the room, I'd say this. And that is that your faith comes from God. Keep reading, verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Ooh, a secret? I want to hear it, right? And hopefully, hopefully that's what you're saying. Oh, I want to I hear this secret. But we impart a secret hidden from, God, from the wisdom of God, which God dec- decreed before the ages of glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, if they would have understood this, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man imagined, but God has prepared for those who love him. If they would have understood the wisdom of God, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. But they had to. Because Jesus had to die. And so we keep reading. Verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. 
For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? That's brilliant. Who knows what a, what a person is thinking except for the Spirit that's within that person? My wife knows me very well, but she doesn't know every thought. Thank God. Keep reading. Which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for who? Except for the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit whom is from God, that we might understand the things freely given by God. And we impart in this world, in this, in this, in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person, I love this verse, and I'm going to explain it later. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Here we discover the key ingredient to a renewed mind. If we're going to renew our mind and we're going to have a fresh mind, we have to have the guidance known as the Holy Spirit. We have to. We have to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so before we get into what the Holy Spirit does, I want to get into two things that the Holy Spirit is not. The key ingredient is not, number one, not the wisdom of man. It's not the wisdom of man. Verse 5 tells us that. Things thought up by, the, by men will not renew our mind. They won't. Like, like, and, and that's not to say that there aren't good ideas. There are some wicked good ideas. My wife had one the other day, and I'm not going to tell anybody because it's going to make us millions. Right? Notice I said it was my wife and not me. She can tell you. But, like, but there are good ideas. But you know what about those good ideas? Those good ideas don't, don't transform us. They, they don't. Even if that idea makes me millions of dollars, guess what? It's not going to transform my mind. It's not going to transform my heart. In fact, I can make millions and millions of dollars, and I can transform on the outside, but on the inside is what matters. And what this tells me is that even the good ideas that I have, because believe it or not, I have some good ideas. No one listens to them, though. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And even the good ideas that I do have, guess what? They don't transform me. No matter, no matter what they do in my life on the outside. They don't transform me on the inside. So the thoughts of man are not, are not necessarily the Holy Spirit. Or, or sorry, our mind is not... The, the, the wisdom of man. It's not the wisdom of man. It has to come from the spirit. Number two, the second thing that it's not is the key ingredient is not the wisdom of rulers of this age. The wisdom of this, uh, the, 
The wisdom of this age, the, the rulers of this age is not wisdom. And all God's people said, hallelujah. It's not found in politics. It's not found in kings. It's not found in, 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 in presidents. It's not found in rulers. It's not found in, a, in, in governmental authority. That's not what renews our mind. Stop looking at government to renew your mind. It's not going to do it. It's going it's to poison it. It's not found in rulers of this age. It's found in the Holy Spirit. And it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. When we experience transformation, we understand that it's the Spirit that renews our mind, not education. And so, in conclusion today, I've got five things. Don't get super excited. I said conclusion because I wanted your attention. We've got five things. It's real, it, they'll be real quick. Five things about the Holy Spirit that we learn from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Number one, the, the Spirit reveals true wisdom. Verse 5. These things that God has revealed to us through the, the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Spirit reveals wisdom. In my personal uh, time with, with Jesus, um, I, I read through the Bible. I, I do my best to read through the Bible every year. And um, I've almost been doing this for five years now. And, um, and so I'll, I'll read through the Bible every year. And, and, and we invite you to join us. We, do, we use a, a plan called the Bible Recap. Uh, the Version Bible app that we just had up on the screen um, has plans in it. You can go to Bible reading plans, and there's so many to choose from. Listen, it is easier to read your Bible today than it ever has been. And so, um, so there's, there's a resource there that's the, that, that you can go in, you can look for plans. And in there, if you type in the Bible recap, we invite you to join us. It's a journey throughout the entire Bible. And, and we read through the Bible in a year, but we do it chronologically. What that means is we do it according to which the time frame that it was written. And so this, this recap, Bible recap, it's, it's, what's incredible about it is um, there's a podcast that goes along with it called the Bible Recap, and it, and it talks about and it, and it gets into the reading for the day. It's a, like at the most, it's eight minutes long, the podcast. And so it's phenomenal. It's, it's helped our church grow in, in ways that I'd never even dreamed of it, of it growing spiritually. And so this last week, when we're reading chronologically, we've been reading in the book of Job. Uh, because you start reading in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And so it's all about that, the, the creation in the beginning. But in the book of Genesis, you get to a part where Noah makes the ark. Have you ever heard of Noah and the ark? Yeah. And so Noah and the ark, Noah builds the ark, and, and then the, the floodwaters come. And so as, as, as it floods, the, God destroys the earth with the flood. But shortly after the flood, many people believe is when Job existed. Job was a man that had, that had an enormous amount of wealth. He had a lot of friends, a lot of family. And, and so Satan comes to God one day and he says to God, he says, he says the only reason why Job 
worships you is because he has so much. Because you've blessed him with so much. And you know what God says? (laughs) What I hope God never has to say about me. He's like, all right, fine, have him. Tempt him or, or, or take everything. Take all that he has. Just don't take his health. And so, so Job's, Job's like the first three or four chapters of the book of Job, you're like, man, this guy is like, oh, like, no way. And everything's gone. But Job never turns his back on God. The entire book. But Job has friends. And most of the book of Job are the friends of Job that are accusing Job of sin in his life. This has happened because you're a stupid person. That's not what they say, but that's what I would have said. And there's, there's four friends that are, that are named throughout the entire book until finally God speaks. And this last week in our reading, God finally spoke. And you know what he said? He said, I know what I'm doing. Job chapter 39, verse 17, was, was one of the verses that we read this week. And when he's telling Job that he knows what he's doing, this is what he says. He says, because God has made her forget wisdom and given her no share of understanding. True wisdom and true understanding come from the Spirit of God. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to spiritual things, The revelation comes from the Spirit. Number two. So number one, the Spirit reveals true wisdom. Number two, the Spirit comprehends the thoughts of God. It's the Spirit that comprehends the thoughts of God. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except the the Spirit of that person, which is in him. So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. What a great picture. What a great analogy. Only the person inside of them understands what they're thinking. You know why we need the the Spirit of God in our lives to understand what God is thinking? Because of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. You see, we need the Spirit to interpret the thoughts of God in our lives because His thoughts are far better than my thoughts. Remember why we achieve transformation in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's, it's um, by renewing the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Listen, my testing and my trial that I go through, I don't always understand those things. That's why we ask, why God? If you've ever asked why God, you're in good company. Because we all ask why God at some point in our lives. But the reason we need the Holy Spirit is so that we can understand what God is up to in our lives. We must have the Holy Spirit, to reveal truth, true wisdom, so that we can understand the thoughts of God. Number three, through the Spirit, we understand the gifts that God gives us. Verse 13, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Sorry, I skipped down to 
So the next point is spiritual truth, okay? The Spirit interprets the spiritual truth. But let me go back to the gifts of God. Verse 12, now we receive the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand things freely given by God. You see, God has given us all a, 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 all a gift. Everyone that comes to Jesus, everyone that receives him, everyone that gives him his heart, he gives us a gift in return. One of my favorite things about the Refuge Church is that as we lead people to follow God, you know what, you know what he does? He gives them gifts, and it's so much fun to watch them discover the gifts that he's given them. It's my favorite thing that I get to do as a pastor. I love helping people, but I really love helping people discover their gifts. And the only way that we can do that is with the help of the Spirit. There are people that are up here singing that when they got here to the Refuge Church, guess what? They didn't sing in front of people at all, ever. And, and I, just, I just love that they're here using the gifts that God's given them. It's, the, it's by the Spirit that we receive, that we, that we interpret the gifts. Number four, the Spirit interprets spiritual truth. The Spirit interprets spiritual truth. And who does he interpret it to? Verse 14, I'm not going to read it again. But he interprets it to those that are spiritual. Some of you are trying to understand spiritual truths, and you haven't even taken the first step of following Jesus. You cannot understand spiritual truth until you take a step to follow him. It's a, it's a hidden secret that he unlocks to those that give their hearts to him. That's what wisdom is. Finally, number five. Things of the spirit aren't accepted in the natural so I'll read the, the, the five points real quick. The Spirit reveals true wisdom. The Spirit comprehends the thoughts of God. Through the Spirit, we understand the gifts that God gives us. The Spirit interprets spiritual truths. And finally, the things of the Spirit are not accepted in the natural. Verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. The natural person... The things, things in this, and, and, and the Bible says that, that God must compel us, that God must draw us in. We have to be drawn in by the Spirit. And, the, and, and, and when, when our hearts, when we open our hearts, you see, we have the opportunity to open our hearts. In a moment, we're going to sing and we're going to say a prayer. And you'll have the opportunity to open your heart. But you can close it. And even though God has drawn you, God has pulled you, God has brought you closer to him, you can say, no, 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 God, I'm, I'm, I'm cool over here. I'm good over here. And you know what? God says, fine. We'll do it again some other time. And he lets you live your life and lets you go around, walking around, trying to figure things out, a lot like the children of Israel for, hopefully you don't have to do it for 40 years. And then he pulls you back in again. Pulls you back in again. Pulls you back in again. And you can stay here where he wants you and where your life will grow and blossom and you'll discover wisdom. 
Or you can come right back over here, back where things are cool, back where things are comfortable. But you know what? When I die, when I'm in this place, I'm separated from the guy that, the God that, that created me. And if I die separated from the God that created me, you know, you know what happens? I spend eternity away from him. When heaven is spending eternity with the God that created you the way that you're supposed to be, the, the, the way that he designed it to be, he designed you to be here. But in our human nature, we like to just chill over here, to be comfortable. Because this is easy. This is comfortable. But this, this is drawn by the Spirit. You see, I don't choose this in the natural. Now, this is what's really cool. Because I believe that you're closer to this than you think you are. You know how I know it? Because the original language that Paul wrote this in is a language called Greek. The original language for the word natural is the word in, in, in Greek. I was, I was studying at the table this week, and my son was sitting there, and, and, I, and I played this out loud. And I was like, ooh, that's going to be fun to say on Sunday. And he was like, shenanigans, you have to say it. So, son, it's the word sukikas. Sukikas. I probably butchered it, but... What that word means? The word natural. So I'm going to read the verse. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. What the word sukikas means is to belong to breath. To be governed by breath. So every person that walked in this room today, guess what? You are governed by breath. You have to breathe. Or you're dead. So you walk in and you're governed by breath. And those that are governed by breath does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Now, the original word for spirit, as in Spirit of God, you know what it is? It's the word pneuma. The word pneuma in Greek is translated as to be a movement of air. Also known as wind or breath. You're closer to God than you think you are. Because you are governed by breath. And all he wants you to do is breathe him in. Stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to say a prayer in a moment. But how many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I want to say yes to this. I want to say yes to this. Whatever God wants for me, that's what I want. I want to give him my heart so that he can reveal true wisdom to me. 
If that's you this morning, I want to invite you in just a moment to raise your hand. But, but before I do, I, I, I want to make sure that you understand that we love to go to God. We love to pray. And so I've got my friends that are up here on the front. I got Elaine on your left. I got Dave on your right. And if you at any time, we're going to sing a song in a moment, and at any time that you want to come forward to pray, you can come and talk to them, and they would love to go to God on your behalf. But if you want to be over here, and you want to be with God, I want to give you an invitation with all the bravery inside of you, that you would raise your hand and say, Pastor Adam, I want to be there with God. On the count of three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. And, and when I get to three, I want you to just raise your hand and leave it there. Just leave it there. One. Two. We're getting there. Three. Raise your hand and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. That's me. Yeah, leave it there. Leave it there. That's me. Leave it there. And as we pray, we're going to pray together out loud. Because, because every once in a while, I, just, I, I did it this last week. I said, God, I know I need you in my life. And so I'm going to invite everyone in this room to say this prayer out loud with me. And if you want to receive it, you can leave that hand raised. You don't have to. Your arm's probably getting tired by now. I get it. But how many of you would, would, would just want to receive it? It's not the words that we say, but it's the belief in our hearts that transforms us. So everyone out loud with me, say, God, I know I need you. Because of my sin, I know that Jesus had to die for my sin. So I ask you to come into my life and save me by the blood of Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Give Jesus some praise this morning. Come on, he's good.